What's up, guys? How's everyone doing today? Let me adjust that real quick. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Let's go. Okay, first of all, if you're a mother, you're, stand up. I, I want to give you guys, like, all a big round of applause because you guys, you guys are what makes this happen. All right, enough clap. So my name is Max Aguirre. Uh, currently, I'm a senior at Eagle Rock High School, and yep, yes, and I am pleased to be leading the sermons here for the high school ministry takeover. Let's go. So yeah, I have been a disciple for about a year and a half now, and all I can really say is that it's been a ride. I mean, like, uh, it's definitely a really hard life to maintain, but you know, I love it. I love this life. It's it's beautiful. But you know, enough talk about that. So. <laughs> So today I will be, I'm going to be talking about uh, a little, little very important topic, actually. Um, it is the promise of God. You know, God of the promise. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's because that is the name of the song title that we're actually going to be singing later today. So that's something to look forward to. So uh, the main idea behind the sermon is to really encourage you guys with God's unconditional promises. You know, God made these promises to us, and... Uh, you know, one of the promises that we're going to look at right now is the promise of heaven. So if you guys turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. All right. Everyone there? All right. So I'm going to give you guys a little context. So this is a passage from Jesus' farewell discourse. Now, uh, this began in John chapter 13, and it's a series of dialogues that bring up very important questions. Uh, the passage uh, in John chapter 14, it opens up with Jesus trying to reassure his disciples. Because at this point, his disciples are worried. Because after Jesus, after he washed their disciples' feet, after he ate with the twelve, you know, he pr Jesus predicted his betrayal by Judas and by the loyal Peter. Jesus commanded his disciples to love each other, even as he predicts his own departure. Now, that's, pre that's pretty heavy. Now, I mean, the disciples, they don't even know who to trust either. I mean, like... No wonder they're so upset and confused because Jesus is going somewhere and just like, Jesus, why, what do you mean you're going somewhere where we cannot come, right? So here, let's read this. So John chapter 14, verse 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that, that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. All right, that's a very jam-packed scripture, so well, let's get into this. So in verse 1, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You know, um, Jesus, Jesus' disciples, they're, like, they know that they need to trust God and Jesus. You know, they need to replace the trouble, all the trouble in their hearts belief and trust. And that brings me to my first point. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I mean, pretty obvious, right? I mean, have you ever felt your heart in trouble? Like, have you, has your heart ever felt like it's been somewhere where it shouldn't? Like, you know, where you felt anxious, you felt insecure? You know, like, I'm sure all of us can relate, right? Because we've all been there at least one point in our lives. Am I right? There you go. But, you know, this is a great scripture because Jesus says, do not, do not let your hearts be troubled. You know, we have a lot of problems. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, but the thing is, God is way bigger than all of our problems. 
you know, we experience problems every day. Life just throws it at us, like some teenager on Halloween throwing eggs at a house. <laughs> right? Right? You know, like whether it's school, your job, or your relationship, you know, we're going to have problems. But God is bigger than those problems. Am I right? There you go. So Jesus acknowledges that we do. We do have trouble problems at times. But the key here is to not let our hearts stay there. Do not let your heart stay where it is hurting you. You know, if you're in a burning house, what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit there like, like, are you just going to sit there and just wait for the fire to go on its own? No, you're going to get out of there. What's wrong with you? Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. So don't. This is a commandment. Do not let. It's that one phrase. No. Do not let your past mistakes dictate your future. Do not let the world tell you that you cannot be pure. Do not let the enemy win. It's that one phrase. Do not let. Do not let. Do not let. Say it with me. Do not let. Do not let. There you go. I mean, did the Allied powers, did they let the Nazis win World War II? No, they did not let them. Did the Avengers let Thanos get away with the snap? No. By the way, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame yet, it's a great Mother's Day treat to treat your mother there. So, <laughs> All right, all right. So anybody here grow up with siblings? Yeah, there's a lot of us, right? No, I was, uh, I was blessed to be growing up with siblings. Uh, I have three sisters. I am the only boy in the house. Very, it was very weird. So uh, basically, there's this one point in my life back in the early 2000s where I was actually like a little boy. Like, I was little at one point. Like, but my sisters, they're like 400-pound gorillas. Like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, I bow down to them because they'll beat me up if I don't do what they say. I was their slave. Yes, I was their slave. But eventually, I got tired of being their slave. You know, I decided to pull up Abraham Lincoln and give him a little Gaysburg address. But that Gaysburg address was not a speech. You know what it was? My growth spurt. <laughs> Once I started growing, uh, you know, it got harder and harder for my sisters to kind of push me around. So, you know, I mean, I beat them up now. So, that's, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> but the point of this story point of this story is that I fought back. I didn't just let them rule my life as just some little guy who's just gonna like live below my means, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> so you and I, you and I, we have a choice to make today. Are we gonna let our hearts be troubled? No, right? No. So you're probably asking this question, you know, how do, we, how do we not let our hearts be troubled? Right? Well, here, I'll answer it. Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. Say it with me, guys. Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. There you go. All right. <laughs> just got to flip my hair. <laughs> so how about you guys are going to have for Mother's Day lunch later today? Okay, everyone should be raising their hands right now because if you, you, you need to love your mama that way, right? So it's Mother's Day. Good luck trying to secure a spot if you have a reserve, right? Because everyone and their mother is going to be there. And today is the proper way to use that term. So, 
Everyone's gonna be at your favorite, their favorite restaurant, and then like, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna, sorry, mama, disappoint her, right? <laughs> so, but what do you gotta do? How do you secure that spot? Well, it's kind of obvious, you know. You kind of just reserve it. It's kept it obvious here. But uh, yeah, so you gotta reserve that spot, and that brings me to my next point. He will come back. Jesus will come back. You know, Jesus, he's going to come back, and he will fulfill his promises that he made to us. Jesus will fulfill the promises of heaven that he made to us when we were baptized. You know, when I think of the fact that Jesus is coming back, it reminds me a lot of certain times when my parents would leave me alone with my sisters, and then they'd bully me a lot, and then I just think of, like, when are my parents coming home? Like, they're just out and about doing their errands. I'm just like, please come back. I need you guys. Put a stop to this mess. Well, uh, there's a lot of times where that happens, but probably the worst time it happens is in the grocery store. So uh, I remember this one specific time um, I was with my mom and my oldest sister, Kiani. I think it was Sydney. You're there. So <laughs> there they are. There they are. <laughs> so... Kiani's over there. Uh, we were all at Costco, and then uh, basically we got everything that we needed, so we got in line. But then about halfway through the line, my mom realized she forgot something. So being the super mom she was, she just flew away and just went to go get whatever she needed. So obviously that's a really big problem, because what's going to happen when the grocery just scans everything and she's not here? Who's going to pay for everything, right? Like, it's, it's a really terrifying thing when you're a child, and then your mom's just like, okay, what's going on? I don't got no money. So Keanu and I were waiting in line, and, uh, you know, as the grocery is scanning every item that we have on the conveyor belt, like, we just get more and more worried, like, where is mom? Where is mom? Come back, please. So, like, right as the grocery scans the last item, my mom, she just pops out of nowhere, slams a big tube of ice cream on the counter. She's like, bring it up. I was, I was really happy. It was a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Star Wars quotes, you know, you know it. But, you know, the reason I tell you guys this story is because, you know, this is the way we should think about Jesus. We never know when he's coming back. You know, but when Jesus does come back, he's going to come back with ice cream. <laughs> or something better than you can ever imagine, right? You know, whether it be ice cream or a place in heaven, Jesus will come back and he will fulfill those promises to us. Can I get an amen? Amen. But here's the thing. So this is what we as Christians have to go through, though. So even though you may have declared Jesus the Lord of your life, it doesn't mean maintaining that life is going to be easy. Am I right? You know, it's going to be filled with a lot of times of doubt. It's going to be filled with times of anxiety, times of self-trust instead of your trust in God. And that is what will lead to a troubled heart. Your troubled heart will lead just down the drain. But how do you prevent this? Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. Say it with me. Believe in the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to spice this up. All right. What y'all going to do when you got a troubled heart? Believe in the Lord. All right, teens, what are you guys going to do when your hearts are troubled? Believe in the Lord. Campus, what are you guys going to do when you fell out of class again? Believe in the 
Believe in the Lord. Married, what are you guys going to do when you got relationship problems? Believe in the Lord. Singles, what are you guys going to do when that girl dumps you again? What are you guys going to do? Believe in the Lord. People sitting in the back who couldn't find a seat in the front. What are you going to do? Believe in the Lord. What are you guys going to do? Believe in the Lord. All right. Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. So I just want to encourage you guys today to believe in the Lord. You know, when your heart's in trouble, God will fix it with ice cream. Again, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I'm a little shorter than him. <clears throat> Hello, church. I'm Albert Roldan, as some of you may know. Uh, I'm a senior at Eagle Rock High School. Thank, thank you. And I will be attending Santa Monica College this fall semester. Uh, you know, uh, I will have been a disciple for about four years this October. And man, oh man. It is so good to be here. The promise I have is the promise of a changed life. You know, in elementary school, some kids seem to have their entire lives figured out already. You know, like some wanted to be astronauts and doctors and dancers and rock stars. Me? I had no clue what I wanted to be up until I was about five. And, uh, you know, I was, I was having this serious conversation with my dad, and I looked at him. I looked him straight in the eye and I said, Dad, if I don't make it as a rock star, I want to be a dinosaur. <laughs> and I know that elementary school is probably a bad, oh my gosh, <laughs> a bad choice or example because, you know, we were kids. We didn't know any better. But that's how I lived my life, not knowing anything and late at everything. That was until I met God. Then I suddenly had this urge, as I'm sure you guys have, to want to do things and want to be known by him and his people. And I tell this not because I, I want to show how awesome I am or how enlightened I was, but because I want to show how much I changed through Christ in such a short amount of time, which leads to my first point. A changed life starts with encountering Jesus. See, when I think of biblical change, my mind immediately goes to Paul and his crazy transformation. Why? Because he met Jesus. In Acts 22, 8 through 9, it says, Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. You know, before I became a disciple, hold on, 
uh, I had no real interest in God. Like, I knew of him, but I didn't want to be known by him, you know? Like, I didn't want to be pegged as that Jesus kid, as it was. Uh, you know, like, like, God was like that one kid or their coworker. you know, you see them in the hallway, and they're like, hey, and you, like, sort of wave back, and you start scrunching because you don't want to talk to them. That's how I was with God. But that all changed when I stayed with my older sister and her family a week before my first teen camp. And before I go on, you know, I had seen my sister's relationship with her husband, and it was normal. You know, sometimes happy, sometimes struggling, but overall normal. But church, when I got to their house, everything was different. There was a Bible open everywhere, like on every table, on every counter. You know, like even when you go into the bathroom and you open up the door and you're like, oh, finally some alone time. Boom! Bible on the sink. Like, come on! Can I get some privacy? Jesus? God. But it wasn't just that. Their relationship had changed. There was a notable difference in how much love was in that house. In them. I didn't encounter Jesus like Paul did. But that doesn't mean he doesn't work or speak just as powerfully today. You know, maybe you're here this morning and haven't had an encounter with Jesus. Maybe he won't appear to you like he did with Paul. Maybe you won't get fish scales on your eyes. That's weird. Maybe he won't speak to you with a thunderous voice from the heavens. But he can connect with you anywhere and anyone. Don't count him out. And I say to the ones who are already Christians, does your life reflect Jesus like this? Can someone outside of the church come into your house and see Jesus? Where are some areas in your life, in my life, in our lives, where Jesus is not Lord. Let Jesus help you. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm no saint. I'm a bit of a slob. My mom can attest to that. I'm lazy, and I'll be darned if I said I wasn't tempted sometimes to sleep in and skip out on my time with God. I like sleeping. Sue me. <laughs> God, I'm so funny. Uh, but I'm trying to change. Uh, you know, like, one problem I find is actually registering what I'm reading when I'm half asleep. You know, like, not just reading the same page. Like, God so for Oh, my gosh. She thought it was funny. Uh, for God so Whatever. And that reminds me of John 3, 6. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The flesh is a part of our nature. It is who we are, but it is not all that we can be. Then back in Acts 22, verses 14, it says, uh, this is when Ananias is telling Paul what God wants from him. He says, then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away. You know, my awesome brother-in-law uh, gave me a great way to wake myself up. And, you know, he's a little bigger than me, so I'm going to have to stay on my tippy toes. Uh, he, he, he said, 
Albert, here's what you got to do. You're going to get up. You're going to stretch. You're going to go for a three-mile run. You're going to sit back down, and you're going to read the word. So now, church, I can proudly admit to everyone here that I, can, that I get up, stretch, and I lay back down and close my eyes. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. Don't expect too much. But seriously, I'm trying. I'm not running three miles, but I am waking up early and having my time with God fully awake and aware. But that's the point, isn't it? Putting in effort to give more to God, letting it become second nature. But you ask, Albert, how do I do that? I'm so glad you asked. Because that leads to my second point, claiming the promise. I say that meaning God can change you and help you, and he promises you that he will. But you have to make the decision to want to change. I ask, when was the last time you claimed a promise from God? The promise of joy or self-control, parents. You know, I'm a senior in high school, and with that comes the typical search for an identity. But lately, I've been struggling so much with this huge question of the future. My biggest fear is that when I'm done with high school, God's just going to forget me. And stop using me to further his kingdom. And I know that some of you have felt like that. But then we have to look back at verse 16. It says, what are you waiting for? Get up. Get up. And I'm reminded that we, church, have to get up. God's not just going to give us a free pass. We have to do something. And I'm reminded That he has a plan for us. And that's a promise. We're a different person when we choose to accept his promises and get back up from our original nature and change our lives. In the end, his promises are many. But it is up to us to make a choice to make that change. God's promise cannot be stopped. This world will end, but he will prevail. And every promise he's ever made will be accomplished. So seek an encounter with Jesus and claim his promises. My challenge to you all is to seek out an encounter. Even if you are a Christian, seek him again. Because I'm sure you're just like the rest of us. Not perfect. And there's areas in your lives where we need to change. And if you're not a Christian, seek him out even faster. Because he wants to see you change. God bless. Amen.